Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing and mastering engineer with Vortis Sound Studios. Good day to you, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening, or even good night, depending on yeah when you're listening. I've got another interview this week, and this time it's with the Earl Grey Collective, or three quarters of them, specifically with Will, Zach and Katie. It's a really, really good chat all about all sorts of things. There's a lot talked about creativity and moving over to a new form of production, mostly online whilst in lockdown. It's a really insightful chat, loads to take away. Remember that if you really enjoyed this interview, then a review wherever you're listening would be really appreciated. The Music Survival Guide community is always open and ready on Facebook for you to join if you'd like. And if you find there's takeaways that you're really interested in and you want to explore with your band, why not share it with them? Let them have a listen, see what they think. Anyway, I'm not going to waste any more time. Off we go. So I'm joined today by Katie Will and Zach of the Earl Grey Collective. How are you all? We're doing good, I think. Yes, collectively. Wow. <laughs> a big other okay. Than, yeah, a big okay other than hemmed in. Going crazy. Hemmed in. That's, that's a good description. So, <laughs> so I guess a good place to start is how did you all get into music? But then also how did the band get together? Well, Will and I first met at uni which was the start of any band related stuff I guess um I think I mean we'd all been into music before that but yeah we Will and I I think the first day of uni we ended up sitting next to each other didn't we on our first lecture and then pretty soon after you were like I think you heard our names in the register or whatever called and you just suddenly went to me oh great I was like what and then I finally twigged that it was both our surnames and I thought, oh my God, this is incredible. So he basically said, we either got to get married or join a band and <laughs> you can guess what happened in the end. <laughs> yeah, no, long story short. And then we met Zach. Um, I think we left uni. So a couple of the guys who used to play in the band were ending up doing other stuff. And then, um, Will, you said, I know a pretty darn great guitarist. Yeah, should we give him a go? So but that, sadly, that guy couldn't make it to the rehearsals, so they yeah, opted so for me instead. instead. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't, I hadn't realised I'd met you already, hadn't I? You'd because Will and I used to live with each other. Gosh, and yeah. Oh Will yeah, I forgot would, that. Yeah, Will would work like I'd be out working during placement during the day, and sometimes you were at home working. I was like, I'll just use my room because I had. Yeah, actually, we were in your room, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, and I even met Zach and he'd been in my room recording guitar and then it was only after our first practice together and Will was like, you do know you've met Zach before. <laughs> yeah, and here we are. Yeah. And then Alex came on soon after that through you, Zach, wasn't it? Yeah, because I, th- I think orig- originally I originally had come to the first practice with it in mind that I'd play bass, I think, with Will Dahl Gray. Yeah, yes. And so my first first couple, I think first couple rehearsals where we're just trying to work out whether whether I was an okay fit for the band, I was playing bass, um, which was which was good fun. Um, but then eventually, I think Will was just like, "Oh, maybe that you should. It'd be great if you could like try out an electric instead." And then we obviously then decided to do that, and then needed to find a bassist. And I had known Alex a little bit, not for that long, but for a little bit through through some church connections, and um, had heard him play, and was like, "I think there's this." Guy, there's this guy called Alex who's like a really seriously good bassist like I think it would be great to ask him if he wanted to come along and 
see, yeah again see see kind of how you fit with the band and yeah and then the rest the rest is history go and say it say it <laughs> the cliche thing no one yeah everyone wants to say but doesn't really want to the say rest it. happened the rest <laughs> happened and now we're here skip <laughs> huzzah um so in your first few rehearsals did you start with cover songs or were you immediately writing stuff how did that kind of look at the beginning i mean i think i'm i'm never i was gonna say it sounds bad to say it i've always wanted to play my own music rather than <laughs> play other people's music just because i love to write and create and um yeah so i think we've always kind of gone from the start of that place of uh yeah we're gonna play all our basic as much as our own stuff as we can from the very get-go, I think, haven't we? Um, every now and then we've done covers, we've we've done bits and bobs, um, but it's been pretty solidly, solidly our great stuff. Yeah, I think I was playing in a covers band at the time when I met you, Will, and the opportunity to play originals was exactly what I wanted, basically, <laughs> to get out of the covers. But do you remember the first song you ever sent me? Me? Yeah. No, I no. <laughs> it was called Mind Trash. Oh yeah, I do remember it just that. Yeah. Had a, a memory of it. But, you know, yeah. I was thinking about that today actually. Oh yeah, I think I was thinking about it, it was a mad. I was there was a, like a mad saxophone and guitar solo. Yeah, I think so. Battle off in the middle of it. I think you should resurrect it. Yeah. Well, quite right. I've got it somewhere. Maybe that can be one of our goals for the next six months to a year is to resurrect that song. Resurrect the song. Bring it back in. Get some saxophone on it. Away you go. So how do you typically write songs? Put them together together in the rehearsal room, which I know may not be happening right now, or do you kind of do it individually? What's your approach to that like? Well, it used to be a rehearsal room, very much so. I think we would, well, you, you, it tends to stem from you, you'll write something. We'll get in a rehearsal room, jam it out, and something eventually, and maybe take a home, a guide track of yours, jam it, come back together. But since basically COVID and lockdown, when we were first doing a few covers at the start of it, that sort of led to a new process of Will sending across a guide track, us all individually recording our stuff and throwing ideas at it. And then I tend to come to me probably to then accumulate it all together and mix it. And then, yeah, for the recently with our writing, I think, Will, was it you? You suggested maybe we should, I mean, we haven't got much of an option, but you were like, maybe we should try a similar process. And I, I think we probably all agree, actually, it's working pretty well and sort of really pushing us in different places creatively. It's been one of the real um, joys, I think, of just being, yeah, being part of the band has been realizing that all of us to some degree like i think some people more than others like i'm i'm definitely in the others category but we've all got experience and ability at home to be able to record and write stuff and get kind of creative with things and i think yeah it's been a real yeah it's been a really fun thing actually this year like although this year is not be well i say this year last year wasn't like a brilliant year for lots of things with music industry actually it's been really fun to be able to kind of get some tracks on Google Drive, download it and be like, okay, what can we do? What can we, what, let's experiment with some sounds. Let's have some fun. Let's kind of, yeah. And that's been a really great recording kind of writing or arranging process, I think for all of us. And I feel like we've learned quite a lot actually about how to sort of shape and arrange together and stuff, which has been good. Yeah, I think I I was going to say, I think it, it, it definitely wasn't like the direction we would have gone in. (laughs) I think had, had this not happened, but I'm I'm really glad that it has because, I think it's kind of given us, I was just saying a bit earlier, it's given us all a little bit more space to be creative. I think there is, 
it is fun being in a room and and the kind of intensity of you know in this moment what are we going to come up with but um there's also a place for kind of being able to yeah give breadth and space to to think about ideas and try things and just be like yeah or gosh i tried that and that really didn't work <laughs> and no one else has to hear it because i'm just deleting the take uh, <laughs> you know there's there's that kind of freedom almost to to just yeah mess about a bit and i think we've really kind of seen obviously zach zach's kind of yeah creativity come out a bit more and katie's production ideas kind of growing a bit more wacky and a bit more crazy and doing your own stuff because since you bought a uh, got a synth now got your juno so you just paused i didn't hear any of your obviously compliments to me but <laughs> just give a, just give an just give an answer that you think would be appropriate yes. yeah what, what do you think i would say yeah what do you think i was saying and then answer that uh, I, you said something about getting my new sim so that's all i heard yeah i've been playing with that a lot it's my new baby okay. and she's on you guys to be fair a good thing about us not being in rehearsal space is you don't have to succumb to me coming in since I've been learning piano and showing you the next part of Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody that I've learned every week. But I'll do it over the call later. Yeah, a treat to look forward to. Do you think it's preferable to do it that way, doing it kind of online and separately? Or given the choice, would you genuinely go, actually, you know, let's go back to the rehearsal room and put together songs that way? Or maybe a blend of the two? I'd say blend. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, There's something about, I think, um, I think before... Sounds a bit like sentimental, but like before joining Earl Grey, like it'd been quite a while actually since I'd like played in a band. Like I'd been involved with lots of music, but I hadn't really been involved with like a band where we're consciously kind of trying to write and create stuff and record and gig for quite for for a, yeah a good few years. One of the incredible things that I really found so good about being part of Earl Grey was that it was all about kind of being together and playing music together and. Like rehearsals, you know, they can be tiring and you, you, know, you have to book book studio space and things like that. But actually, there's just something that you can't replace about like being in a room with other musicians. And so I think we would, yeah, I think I agree with you, Katie. Like, I think we would definitely want to keep going with kind of being in a room and working stuff out because that's often where the really fun improv moments happen and you're like what what did we just play like let's do that again and i'm like i can't do it again i just made something <laughs> um but like there's something about that kind of special but also actually having done this last year of kind of doing it remotely i think has there's real value in that as well because like will says it gives you space to kind of create in your own you know a bit more like unrushed at home kind of thing and um yeah i feel like the when we're when we're jamming live there's so much energy and it could be a lot of fun, but it can sometimes maybe lead to songs that are a bit more chaotic and not everything has to be organised, but like less clear. Whereas I found when we've taken them home, yeah, we'll throw so much at them, but then from the start, we can really start thinking, actually, is that structure right? Is that, and getting in there a lot earlier in the process. And I think we'll use this time very much kind of, not let it get too far down the line of your writing process before giving it to us so that we're actually fairly early in the process getting ideas down so that you don't I guess get too attached to something that we then come along and go now you should switch it or cut out that verse or something yeah yeah definitely I think it's a bit bit of a conscious effort I mean I don't know I've I did a fair bit because I've demoed out quite a few of the newer stuff but I definitely think I'm holding it lighter. I think with all my creative projects at the moment, actually, I'm I'm holding it lighter 
think beforehand I might have had more of a a create a solid creative vision of what I was like. Now nah, this uh, this is what it kind of needs to sound like. Um, whereas I think I'm moving into kind of an um, a mindset of enjoying other people's creative ideas and and you know their spice that they're adding to something that I've I've put in and and letting that happen I think is good um, and trying not to be like oh it should end up like the way I want it to so I'm trying trying to make a conscious decision to that because I'm definitely quite a kind of like uh, once I get my head down in it I'm like oh this is what it should be like and uh, whereas actually that's you know, the reality of life that's not true we all have different tastes and different opinions and I think that's one of the joys of this experience of writing together is getting to hear people because I think often we we can be in a we can be in a practice room and and I know this happens Katie would be like oh I want it I want it to sound like this and I'm and it's that that communication part where it's like I haven't fully understood what she means and uh and then it's really hard for me to get it in my head what it, what it is whereas I think this part allows people to fully develop what they mean and creatively want to see so then it gets we get to see the fullness of people's creative ideas which i think is definitely been yeah really beneficial so i definitely i definitely go for the hybrid and i think it's kind of like it's what you do naturally as well you'd you'd play and then you'd go away and you'd you'd be thinking in your head like oh like yeah i should try this so i'm thinking about this or you know and you you're thinking about it outside and you're thinking about it inside the rehearsal as well so yeah so moving over back to kind of your the story of of how the band came to be if i can call it that so you you wrote some tunes um, and then you had your your first gig at some point. So what was your first gig like? Was it a good experience? Was it pretty bad? What was it like? We we played at, it was a pub called, the, I think it was Gladstone Arms, I think. Yeah. It good memory. Yeah, good memory. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was a good, like, it was funny because it was, it was quite a small, quite a small pub, like not a massive kind of venue. I don't, I can't, from a memory, like the, I don't think the PA was, it was like, there's no like monitors or anything like that. It was kind of like a, you got some front of house speakers and. Um, I remember it just raining and being like yeah. in the car outside <laughs> trying to quickly get drums in. And then we're in the, yeah. and being kept told, no, you need to push back a bit. And I think I was right up against the wall and it was fun. And like we, we, I think we specifically, we found this sort of gig offer, I guess, as such. And it felt, we didn't we we told a couple of really close friends and family, but I think we really wanted it as a no pressure first kind of gig as the current four of us. And it was just, yeah, it was a lot of fun really, I think. And it was so good to just still be playing the songs. And Yeah. I think the two things I remember is I, I remember there being really good food. I remember really, <laughs> really enjoying the food. <laughs> and I, uh, and I remember um, it being really cramped. Um, <laughs> it was so tight. Wasn't it? Jess's Hindu that day. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was Jess. Jess's Hindu. My parents. So my family had come up as well. So my dad, my dad was there, and I think my yeah, my now brother-in-law, uh, he was there as well. Um, my my nan, my nan was there. Oh, She's in her seventies, and I was, and it was the first time my nan had seen me like play any kind of music for quite a long time. And she was so she's yeah she's kind of she's she's a wonderful 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 woman but she doesn't have much of a filter and she <laughs> just like hearing some of her like comments afterwards was hilarious but she was very she was very kind and very positive about about what we had what we had done. Go on, say quote because she might she might listen to this one day. I don't know. <laughs> I can edit out the quotes. I'm happy to do that. No, no, it's fine. She uh, she was overwhelmingly positive, but just says things in a way that I probably wouldn't phrase them sometimes. <laughs> 
but it was definitely a lot of fun, I think. And I think the, the main thing is where I felt like after playing it, I was like, yeah, like this is really fun. Like this is a great outfit. This is, this is a great band. I'm really excited to be here. I think that's, that was one of my overwhelming like feelings afterwards was just excited. Yeah, I think because we we wanted to play, we kind of set a rough bucket list ages ago to a gig in London when it was originally the band was just kind of a fun uni project that we play at the uni gigs, but we never, and we were just, I guess, developing sounds at that time. And so it was around that placement year, so a year before we graduated, we started thinking, yeah, we both really want to take this further and um play a gig in London sometime so it felt like a really kind of long time coming but also just yeah super exciting then when we finally did that with Zach and Alex and yeah I think we both looked at each other and were like this is exciting this is gonna be fun a confirming moment for you all it sounds like so that sounds like it was an incredibly positive experience to be honest and I've heard over different podcasts lots of people talk about their first gig being a very negative experience for some. So have have you had any kind of nightmare gigs or has it all been plain sailing? We were laughing a lot about this beforehand, uh, before we, before we got on. It's uh yeah, I think I think we haven't had any t- like shocking gigs. Like nothing that's been really bad. But we've had some like some interesting gigs, I think. <laughs> interesting being the key word. The key word. Interesting. Um, so the one, I mean, I think we can go around and share a few, but the, my one, my one, which I found the most interesting is, is one where uh, we turned up um, to a venue and it was, it was half nightclub, half gig, you know, and we'd, we, it was, it was pretty early on in our, in our um, career, <laughs> if you could call it that. And we didn't have that many songs. So, you know, the songs we had, and some of them, one of them's like really down, like Instant Rush, you know, it's very like piano led for the first verse. And it's just intimate, you know, and I was like, I was in the zone and I was counting off and I started. And then like, I get this other, just like four to the floor, like <laughs> going through this, like, and I'm just trying to keep tempo, keep time, just being, it was an absolute nightmare. My voice was just like destroyed, from like a cough that I had and um and it was oh yeah it was it was it was such a funny moment as well because there's like a port like I think the song's in four four but there's a pause where we like count for six before we all then like it's like a held like piano chord or something and then we all all drop in together like all like right on the one but when you're trying to count that six when you've also got a four to the floor like club beat going on in the background I'm just I'm just like I have no idea where we are <laughs> so I think I just remember like looking around at Alex who's normally the person I look to when I'm waiting for like cues on timings and stuff because he's on the ball with that all that kind of stuff like I'm just like looking at Alex being like when 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 is it when is it <laughs> and I think thankfully we just managed to pull it together and Katie and Alex were on it at least and I was <laughs> struggling along so that was my one anyway there is there are some others what about you katie have you got any i think again as you said we've been i think it's just small interesting things that happen and there's um sometimes you can be waiting quite a while say and there'll be a lot of you know when you're first doing showcases and stuff there's multiple bands in a night and i swear they always put on too many bands for a night and there's been times when we're waiting so long and you're kind of looking around the room and just hoping, you know, we'd be lucky we'd be put in the headline slot or something, but you're like, people are going to want to go to bed soon. And it's getting later and later. But, um, yeah. Oh, there was one other we mentioned, which wasn't actually, it was one of probably our best gigs. With, we we love the Bedford. It's super close for us. And 
I think we've always had really good fun playing shows there. But I think was it the most recent one when the sound guy, let's say he was just like stuck on the toilet somewhere, and <laughs> we, we poor guy was basically not in a good shape, and so someone basically came along and yeah, whoever was comparing that night, like I'm really sorry about. And then our good friend George came to the rescue. He's like life soundy. He suddenly pops up and you can see the glint in his eye thinking, yes, this is my moment. And he came, he did the sound, didn't he, in the end? Yeah. I think the guy came back at some point. Yeah, yeah. Because I think George was excited about getting paid a little bit and an extra beer, but not sure he got one in the end. <laughs> so good, good to know. Good to know he's, he's there. <laughs> yeah. We, we had a show once, which I just, was hilarious, when my, it was sim- similar to what Katie was mentioning about the sort of showcases where there's loads of acts, like too many really. And you're, you know, you get kind of excited because you've managed to get along a decent amount of people and they're all there to see you, but it's like a weeknight and you're wanting to not be too late on because you're just aware that most people have got to get to work the next day. And there was this one act who was on before us who just, it was you know, you don't want to badmouth anyone, but like it was the very, very long songs, like quite slow, almost like a sort of political poetry kind of lyrics, which, and it, and you could tell the crowd was just getting smaller and smaller. The acoustics and, did not help them, let's say. Yeah, it it wasn't, it, it you know, fair do soon, like he, he spent time writing his songs and stuff, and but it just, it just was quite a, a gig killer, really. It kind of like, destroyed the crowd a little bit and my dad who's a very lovely man but passionate about kind of us like then having a chance to play he just like started heckling <laughs> from the crowd um and he started like being like get on with it just go and and it was the funniest thing because yeah i don't think anyone expected my dad to be the first person to heckle at a gig but um i think he was just like come on like you're killing the show <laughs> i mean i think to give dude some you know respect you know he'd gone past his allotted time like a lot had, yeah. so it's not like it was just a, you know he didn't like the music he was like get off it was like you yeah. know, <laughs> respect other artists come on <laughs> but yeah i remember being there and just being like come like <laughs> Will, will's bedtime is at like 9 30 yeah, so we were struggling at this point i was like, am i gonna be awake you know you you're right in saying that especially at like showcase gigs playing to your allotted time is super important especially if you want to be invited back ever again so how do you do that? Do you plan a specific set that, and you've, that you've rehearsed and you go, this is a, say, 20-minute set that we know fits into this time? Or do you freewheel it a bit more? Yeah, I'd say it's pretty planned. We, put, we plan our set um, pretty much. I mean, yeah, I think it's pretty planned. Usually usually we have one extra that we can cut and usually I'll, I generally I'll look at the promoter or the sound person and be like, you know, is there extra? You know, we've got one more. I'll look at them and be like, is there time for one more? And we'll go on that if they if they say yeah then yeah, but yeah usually we've timed it pretty pretty much so it's not too much over if we do go over. Yeah, I do think it's important. It is it is key because yeah, it's just not not nice if if everyone does it and everyone's been there. You know, you're the last act and everyone's gone over by by five minutes and then it's half an hour later and it's. We've had that before where yeah we've been on at the end and then they've cut our set and you're mm. like, well we've been put on you know very gratefully as the headline. For this so yeah I think that's something we learned was 
with the showcases was actually second to last is always best but yeah that can be that can be a bit of a kick in the teeth when you you're waiting a long time and then your set has to get cut because of a curfew understandably but it's a bit <laughs> so not not a great place to be when you're when you're there other than that good day I think another really important part of gigging is having a really efficient setup and set down because it's the thing that can really hamper a lot of bands is they don't they kind of get to the end of the gig and go great let's pack away and then everyone sort of panics a bit and no one quite no one quite knows what to do so have you have you got like an efficient pack down have you organized that or do you just kind of grab whatever needs to be grabbed that's a really good question like Ale- yeah alex on so alex is on, on bass like he's a kind of like no pedals kind of guy he's just like i've got a great bass i, I know how to use it like off very happy to use like a house bass amp if there's one um most easy going guy so yeah so he he's like alex is like super quick just like chuck his like call up his cable chuck his bass in this case and he's he's done um i think i guess obviously katie if you're you know on drums like most often on some venues it's like a it's a house kit and then you've got breakables and stuff so you're you're i think you're a pretty yeah i take the long time <laughs> you take the longest but but yeah efficient i think what we did actually in the early days of the band we were i got a new self pad and i was getting really excited about it so we will and i started we started incorporating it into stuff and then we played one festival show and i forgot the power supply and i was like i am never using electronics again uh, and we tried the OP1 on that gig as well. It was a nightmare. And then, um, so ever since, we've been quite loath to ever, oh, that was the time we'll use my MIDI keyboard. That was a bad gig. That was pre this 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 setup. I mean, great, like, fun festival. But what was it? The A, the B, and the G in two of your octaves in the middle of the keyboard. Oh, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. It was it was C yeah it was C it was C G yeah C G and A and a lot of you know some of the songs were obviously were in the key of C, um, so that's pretty that's pretty crucial. <laughs> the, oh, it was the oh, I was so bad. Yeah, that was the one I forgot the pass play as well. Um, but yeah, so we not done, we hadn't done that for ages, and then since this whole business of being at home and playing about with songs i'm getting scared that we're going to start getting back into i think i think we're going SPD to territory and op1 and stuff which i'm excited about but i think we'll be a bit more prepared now yeah i think we got pretty pretty good at like setting up and packing up we're not we're not like we haven't got loads and loads of channels and stuff really you know for a four piece we're pretty we're pretty average four piece i think you know we don't it's nothing extra in terms don't of say, setup. don't say that will but i think moving forward like i think because of this process like katie says of preparing a lot of the songs where we've got time to be creative with other instruments and other sounds and stuff and you know we're talking about is there is there time in the future to bring in is there someone else we could have with us who can cover some of the sounds which we've recorded in the studio but can't as a four-piece kind of replicate live um you know so i i imagine i don't know this is probably a conversation as we keep going out throughout this year and think about gigs again but I'm, we're imagining that it could sort of expand and grow a bit more and sort of mix it up a bit more, have a, have more sounds available to us in a, in a live context as well, which I guess will be, hopefully will sound brilliant, but also we'll probably add a little bit of time to pack it, uh, set up and pack down. <laughs> well, I think we found it, we after sort of recording. So this time last year, just before lockdown, we had probably our last practice together 
And that was just after we were, well, we were in the mix stage of the second EP. And so we all had very much in our heads, we knew where those songs were sounding on record. And I remember coming back, rehearsing the songs, thinking we were about to have a gig that got cancelled. Um, and I think we all looked at each other and were like, definitely feels like there's a few elements missing now um, because of the productions we created. So that was, I think that's the first time we felt that. So yeah, going forward, that's when we started the talk of how are we going to increase the rig. So yeah, our setup time might be becoming more, but hopefully it will give it will take our live set to the next level. So yeah, it's a difficult trade off, isn't it? But it's worth thinking about for sure. So you mentioned recording. I think that's a great place to go next. Is what's your approach to recording? Do you go into the studio? Do you record yourselves? What's how do you do that? It's definitely a hybrid, isn't it? Yeah. What did we do for the oh, first EP was in this room, actually, the drums, wasn't it, Well, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the first EP was very much... I think it's evolving. It's evolved over time. at home in different places. Second EP, we basically booked a few days in a studio that I work at here and there. And so basically the aim was to get... Drums and bass. I think we... <laughs> originally we were quite optimistic of trying to do like six songs or something and do basically drums and bass and then Zach and I when we could went into the studio to do guitars and then filled in the rest at mine will you tend to do vocals and keys if it's not an actual piano at yours then it all yeah eventually comes to me and that's the process stuff filtered in yeah. eventually I'm not sure whether it will change for our next one I, I, th- I think I think it will probably still be a hybrid. With we'll still have elements which we do in the studio, and then elements which we kind of either do beforehand or afterwards, and kind of combine. It's great as well to be able to have, you know, I think Katie and Will both of their sort of engineering experience and knowledge and skills. It's amazing that, or even though we went into some into the studio for a bit of time, actually, it's still that within the band we can. So engineer it and capture it all we're not kind of needing to hire someone else to do it which is yeah which is a really really cool thing to be able to do that sort of creative process all from in every regard like with mic mic choices and mic placements and you know which drum we're using at which point of the you know all those kind of little details that you kind of go into recording something like we're able to make those decisions um with people within the band which is really cool a lot of your guitars were done in my bathroom weren't they just yeah remembered. Yeah, quite very lucky to have an ensuite, and um, <laughs> we—it's a perfect guitar booth, isn't it? So we usually stick your amp in there, put a few mics up, maybe one in the shower, and then it, the door closes just about over it, and then yeah, you play in my in my room basically, and then yeah, yeah, it works quite well. It's great fun, great fun. I remember when I first moved into that place, I was like, this is going to be great. <laughs> So Katie is hiring out her bathroom for anyone who wants to do <laughs> guitar tracking. Um, <laughs> Given the choice in an ideal world, would you stay doing it that way or would you go completely into the studio to do it? So I know there's the financial challenge that every band faces of doing it at home, doing it in the studio, that the studio just costs money. That's that's the, the the hard bottom line of it, that every hour you're in there costs you money. So in a in a kind of completely ideal scenario, what would you do? It would have to be the right studio, is my my view. I think yeah, it would be a lot of fun to 
have, you know, let's say a scenario of we're doing an album, let's go down. I think possibly residential studio even, but then I recently was working with a band down in a really cool place, Devon, and we split it. It was a month's worth, but split into two week sections with a week in between. And that I think worked really well. And then after that, they were continuing to do odd bits elsewhere. But I personally, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, but there are pros and cons to all of these, I think. Don't know what you guys think. I think I think everyone. I don't know when when you grow up, kind of learning an instrument and playing in bands, and you start thinking about recording your own music. There's almost like this sort of dream, this ideal, like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if we could spend like two months in a studio and we go in with nothing and then we write and we spend just like every day writing and creating. At the end, we have an album, and there's definitely this. Um, what's the word so almost like a romantic idea of studio time and i think there is definitely something in that and i think i yeah i agree with katie like it'd be it'd be great to be able to have that time and space in a in a studio to really make the most of the studio and the gear that they've got and just i guess the it can help with performances when you're not like rushed you're thinking okay we need to get this done it went an hour you kind of got a little bit more flex to it but actually i think yeah at the same time i think we've learned that it can be done, can be done well when we're doing it remotely or, you know, in, in Katie's bathroom or, you know, uh, yeah, I think there's definitely pros and cons. Of it. I think, I think I, I would personally, I'd love just time away with, with Will, Alex and Katie, like to go and stay somewhere and have that time together. I think that's really important for a band and helps with the creativity when you're just hanging out and spending, you know, eat, eat breakfast together and then you head over to the, to the, to the control room and you work out what you're doing. And, um, but I'm probably the least technical. So te- yeah, I le- I know the least technically about what you could really get out of a studio and the difference that would make. But I know Will and Katie have probably got more ideas about that technically. I think personally, if we did that, I think the only thing I found, and I guess we're sort of trying to separate. Like I, I love producing, engineering, and all all of that. But I find when you're so deeply involved in a project sometimes it's good to be able to step back from that so I think we would yeah only probably do that when we really could have say at least someone else helping with the engineering who's or even a third party co-producer or something would I think really open that door as such but yeah again sort of making do with different circumstances and stuff yeah, I think I'm so conflicted in myself between the kind of the the best way to do it because cause I think definitely like I would I love to I would love to just like box it off and be like two weeks in the studio. That's everything. We're going to do it then and then we give it to someone else and then in two months time we have a finished product and that's it. Whereas this, <laughs> the process we have in the moment is like, oh, maybe I could add this. <laughs> uh, oh, what about this sound? <laughs> I you know, it is an iterative process, which is great and it's really cool, but it's just for, forever. You know, there's a there's a when is art finished? It's never finished. It's just abandoned kind of process of just like you know, I just have to give up, and that definitely happened to me on the last EP. Like towards the end, you know, Kate, Katie would send over things, and, and I'd just be like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, you get no reply from Will at one point. I, I, I just, I'm like, I just don't care. You can put it out now, and I'm done, like, I'm happy. Just 
you know, there's this kind of like continual, I just hit my threshold, you know. Um, but at the same time, I would definitely, you know, I'm, ideally would like a recording studio, you know, official studio in my house. So, you know, that would be the ideal with an engineer that I could hire in <laughs> to sit and do it all. So, you know, that would be the ideal thing in the back garden, you know, a little bit of space. So it's, you know, it's not quite in the house. Um, I'm sure like Coldplay or something have something like that where you've got professional grade studio. Good luck doing that in London. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Phil, if you if you want to invest in a studio house, we'll uh, we'll chip in together and buy somewhere big enough. Again, I'm in London. I don't I don't know if that's <laughs> <laughs> ever going to be possible. So there we go. Uh, so changing the subject quite a bit. How's the band managed? So is there kind of one person in the band who is quote unquote in charge, or do you share out tasks? Is it a democracy or a or an autocracy? I don't know if that's the right word. It's definitely a democracy, but we, I think when we all, quite early on actually, as the four of us, slightly worked out roles, didn't we? Uh, rough roles. I mean, we all end up crossing over. But yes, I think initially it was, okay, you guys correct me, I've probably forgotten now. Roughly, Zach, you tend to look after social media stuff and a lot of pictures and things. Will, I'd say, is on the whole more of the managerial side, but I guess, again, we all kind of hop in sometimes, you know, when other people are busy. But, yeah, Will, you tend to sort out a lot of the getting the songs actually out there and stuff like that. And then technically I tend to end up on, yeah, music tech side. And then Alex is... What was it Alex said? Ne- networking. <laughs> networking. <laughs> Alex is probably the one of us who has least the least amount of time. He, he, actually, he actually has a proper full-time job. So, um, you know. It's like more than full-time. Yeah, right? it's, it's more than full-time. It's crazy time, so. hours, yeah. So his, his job is to come up and kill it on the bass, which he does every time so, perfectly. So we, we joke that like he's got, because Alex is from uh, Brisbane in Australia. And so we always joke that he's kind of going to be our like Australian connection. <laughs> so, like, if, if we ever get to the point where anyone wants to invite us over to Australia, hopefully it'll be through Alex's kind of networking connections <laughs> in Australia. Yeah, no, that's very true. The three of us are, are freelance, but Alex actually has a full-time job. So yeah, we let him off. <laughs> he comes on and slays the face every time. So it's like, that's all we need. <laughs> can't ask for more than that i guess so what would you say is the biggest success of the band so far and this might be a different answer for everyone it might be a specific like moment or it might be just something a bit bigger i mean we put out um put out our second ep um in 2020 um kind of put it out as we had sort of three three singles and then sort of released it as an ep together with the with the fourth track as well um which was also a single which was also yeah, which was a single one, but just the process of that sort of realized. I think when the last, when it sort of all finally had all come out, and we'd had a a video with it, you know, one of the tracks as well, and um, you know, artwork had all been done, and you know, it, it, it when it was kind of all all out there in the world, that was. I think that was. I know for me, that was like a real like, oh wow, like this was this is great. Like this has been a really hard year, you know, for so many reasons. But to be able to still put out a whole EP that we were, I think we were really like pleased, really proud of it. And yeah, just we, we really enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed the music that we were able to create together and, um, and put out. And just, there, you know, generally speaking, like a really positive response to people who'd listened to it and um, seeing 
different people listen to it around the world as well. It's just a really, it's like, wow, this is, that was a, yeah, a moment of being like, wow, this, this is really great. Like, well, like, well done guys. We, we did this thing and it, and it turned out really well. I think that, yeah, for me, that was, that's been a big, big, I guess, yeah, success if you want to, yeah, if you want to call it a success, but like even just personally for us, that was like almost like a personal, like, ah, oh, yeah, we did this. We did this together. This is really cool. That's special. Yeah. Yeah. I think just, yeah, similar to me, just, just proud of the music that we made really. I think for me, that's big success of, I remember listening, uh, I was listening back to, to one of the tracks. I think it was Love It Flows. And, you know, I'm not an emotional man, but like almost like almost being brought to tears, just being like, oh, this is like, this is so what I wanted to make, like music that moves and that's, yeah, good, good for the heart, good for the soul. And, um, and yeah, so I think just really proud of the music we've made. And I think that's a big, yeah, that it's kind of got our stamp on it and that, and that people enjoy it. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's for me, the band, as, as what we've done is create, create something, which is, yeah, I'd say it's, it's beautiful. Obviously I would, cause I'm part of writing it, but. Yeah. You, you hit on that one actually, cause I think we all probably out of anything we've ever written, we're super proud of this. And I think similarly to Will, I, I don't know, like show, the first EP, yeah, you know, I loved and would you know, listen through at the start, but this one actually, I, it's what you should feel with any music you release. I have sat down and listened through it quite a lot, actually, more than anything I've ever created. And Raindrops, I remember listening to when Andy sent back one of the mixes to that, listening to it in the car, and yeah, actually feeling. I will, I will probably tell you, I'm not. I wouldn't say I was the most emotional person, but I certainly felt quite emotional listening to that. Um, specifically, we did mention. I mean, overall, that probably is a highlight um but i think we also i guess had a highlight gig for us was supporting dutch dutch kid mm, yeah uh well it's getting on for a year and a half now isn't it which is friends through you zach and that was at camden assembly and that was just i don't know we you know we were getting to that stage of wanting to move away from the showcases and start support shows and headlines and that show was just really good full crowd like especially well being the support act we had a really nice we packed room a lot of friends came along and it that was a lot of fun I think a bucket list thing for me this year was for the band like a target was to start getting on radio and we had Radio X play this year so yeah I mean they're a bit more less emotionally um <laughs> proud things but they are it was a really nice target to see that this EP has felt like a step up from the last one. And that was our big aim with it, really. You know, we weren't expecting to take over the world or anything, but we wanted to make progress with it. And I think we did. And that's, yeah. The thing I always say to bands is with every release, be that a single or an album or an EP, as long as it is, quote unquote, better than the one before whatever you mean by better if that's in terms of who's listening to it or getting radio play or getting gigs and things like that as long as it is better that is a win it doesn't have to go from nothing to taking over the world it just has to be better than the one before i think that's what we strive like each release we we we've talked about future stuff and thought well what is the step up we want in this and you know roughly set goals and stuff and yeah i think we achieved quite a few of the goals that we set out with the last EP so that was that was a success so looking looking to the future what would be your goals for the next six months to a year roughly gigging maybe (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wish. <gigging. laughs> there, is a, there is a likelihood that we could gig this year, hopefully. Yeah, at some point. That's the plus of not being an arena sellout band, you see. <laughs> could come back earlier than some. Yeah, no, I think I think... Yeah, we've got, you know, started the process writing the next, the next whatever it is it's going to be, you know, <laughs> EP, singles, I don't know what, what we'll put out, but I think the process of just writing and seeing what happens next is exciting, some of the stuff that we're, we're kind of working on. and I certainly feel super excited about the stuff we're doing at the moment. Yeah, it just feels like we're kind of forming into, I mean, it's different from our old stuff, but like still us and honing our sound and stuff like that, which is cool, so... That's probably stuff to look out for. I personally would love to do a Christmas EP. I don't know, you know. So yeah, just, <laughs> just dropped that today. I dropped that on the band today, you know. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got eleven months. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, come on now. I love Christmas music, so to be fair, I'm I'm, I'm well up for that. <laughs> so sorry, we talked about. I think we did a, like a band call a month or two ago, and we kind of mentioned the idea of like. Do, trying to do like more collab kind of things i don't know i don't know whether we would say that's like an absolute goal like i don't think if we got to the end of 2021 and we hadn't done loads of collab stuff that we'd be like gutted and disappointed in ourselves but just even thinking about you know work trying to work on a, on a little bit of a video at the moment with a sort of an artistic friend <laughs> a friend of mine and trying to pull something together and you know again if we're you know, bringing in someone else to kind of help cover some of the stuff live like it feels like we're, we're all really keen to kind of just for the band not just to be about the band in a, like in a weird way but actually to be able to cross art co- collaboration yeah like we oh we put, we're putting out this video and it's oh great collective and this incredibly talented you know director or incredibly talented sort of short movie maker or um and just to be able to try and use what sort of plat- platform we have as a band to actually promote other people and like do things together I think is a really like just a sort of a healthy thing which I think we're kind of looking forward to trying to do more maybe in the in the year ahead so to close out the podcast I'd like to ask you what your favorite song is or which song you'd like to play uh for the end of the show so what would it be and maybe why I mean you added the why question you really jumped in there and added a why um yeah I think I think we're gonna go with landslides yeah just it's the first single that we released from this this EP it's just a lot of fun it's just great laugh. It's got some great solo moments, uh, great moments you want to kind of dance around a little bit too. Fresh twist on disco. I think that's that's uh, indie pop. Fresh twist on disco. Those are the words thrown around. So, yeah. Big shout out to Jamie P with the string arrangement. Yeah, big shout out to Jamie P. In the winter months, it's nice to have something a bit of fun. So this is Earl Grey Collective with Landslides. Guys, it's been great to talk to you. Thank, Thank you. you.